Harry Martin, I presume. Rob, I'm in Kathmandu. I'm getting ready to go sledding down one of these big-ass snowy hills. <laughs> I think those hills are actually called mountains. I would be careful, Harry. Rob, I am good. I got a Sherpa. <laughs> I think you mean Sherpa? No, no, no. She said her name was Sharpa, and Rob, I think I love her. <sighs> Gary, do you have an idea for Black Friday? Yeah, Rob, of course I do, but get this. So I'm strapping on these snowshoes, and suddenly I feel this presence. I look up, and it's this giant mountain goat staring right at me. I mean, he's looking right through me, and I just stare right on back, and that's when it hit me. Good Lord, Gary, how high are you right now? Well... Kind of high, but that's not the point. Rob, this Black Friday, we gotta grab the goat by the horns and give our customers something they've always wanted. What is that? Hang on, Rob. I'm losing service at this altitude. Wait. Sharpa? Where's Sharpa? Sharpa! Welcome to the RGG EDU Podcast, where Rob and Gary talk and drink with your favorite photographers. Saddle up, mofos. In this episode, we're sitting down with Tina Eisen, and it is the very first episode of season six. Yeah. You're not going to say it in Spanish? No, I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to say it <laughs> You've in Spanish. said, like, every other one in Spanish, Rob. I have not. Yeah, you have. You're like, season dos. <laughs> season cuatro. I was really hoping you were going to do Cinco seis. Yeah. Alongside Rob Grimm, season I'm Gary Martin, and we're, we're at the Delano for the week. We are at the Delano. It's a great place. We have an unbelievable view of Vegas right now. And Tina, you're our first guest. I am. Welcome. Thanks for having me. And Tina, so I just found this out, and I'm going to call you out on it. You abandoned the last half of your name. I it's have, not Tina yeah. Eisen. Like half of the time, I forget how to spell it, so I don't expect anyone else to. Wait, so. what's the last half of your name? I didn't catch well, this. Well, the whole thing is Eisenkretzer, but like, I'm going to give you prizes if you can say that. Eisenkretzer. Well, I yeah. say it again so I can hear it. Eisenkretzer. 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 That's oh, way wow. better than just Eisen. <laughs> That's Let's just b- stick to Eisen, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, Eisen Kretzer. I like it. That would be that would be a much harder website. Yeah, right. Sure. No one would ever find that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So give us the rundown. What type of photography do you do? I am, uh, I say, creative beauty photographer, but I do a lot of commercial fashion as well. So I think commercial fashion to pay the bills and editorial beauty is my passion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's backtrack. How did you get into photography? Um. Kind of, you know, the traditional way <laughs> of I used to model a little bit and didn't enjoy it and kind of like just picked up from other people what they were doing. And after about a year of doing that, I was like done with it, wanted to do my own thing and just bought a camera and just played around with it. And and how old were you at this point? Oh, that was like eight years ago. <laughs> That's years not ago. that right. long ago. Yeah. Very so recent. So you've been in it for about eight years like, what was your first job? Like, what, what did you first start doing? So, in the beginning, I was just kind of, like, shooting friends. So, that's not really, like, a job. That was just sort of, like, playing around. And then I kind of blagged myself into Amazon, which was my first fashion job. And they were, like, my first big client. And from that day on, they booked me every day for for nearly three years. And that was kind of my fast track way in. And this is oh, in well the, the UK? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're shooting for Amazon. Yeah. So that was like kind of my first client. And then I started meeting. We're talking about the Amazon, the big. As in. The, the as company. in. Yeah, how did you <laughs> land them as your first client? That's a really big first I, client. I don't know. I kind of like blacked it. I think it was just naive sort of confidence. I just walked in there with my portfolio, which looked like like it was pulled through a bush. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I don't know. They kind of said like, oh, we saw potential. So we gave you a shot and 
I was I was one of 300 people. So. What do you think they saw in your book? What was your work really like? Mm. You said you had friends and just some modeling stuff in it. What what was your portfolio like at the time? It was very very random, unpolished, but I was always trying to be sort of different and the images back then even though they weren't any good, but they they stood out a little bit. There was like, you know, I tried to always do like makeup, hair, clothing, like stuff mm-hmm. that hasn't been done before and I think I kind of made up for not being like technically competent at the time with having like different ideas than other people. So I think I think they picked up on that. Yeah, in all of your images, the hair and the makeup are stellar. Yeah. Uh, and that's something I really wanted to talk with you about. What's your background? I mean, not, now that I know that you did some modeling, clearly you have an understanding of hair and makeup. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in your process and who, you, who you're working with for hair and makeup mm-hmm. and how you come up with these ideas because it's very makeup forward. Yeah. Um, well, there's a few people that are my go-to team that I work with a lot that I trust. So um, there's a girl called Louise. She lives in the same place as I, and we just bounce off each other. Like, I know she does makeup and she knows what she's doing, and I'm like not so much. I just trust her with her skill. But we kind of just sit and like we get just... I don't know, we're like on the same page with a lot of ideas. We get inspired by the same things. It could be something like as random as we we did an editorial based around mold, something like that. And we would sit and be like, what can we do? Can we go for colors? Can we go for shapes and patterns? Mold, mold yeah, as in like the rank stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah huh. like we're just, you know, like I'm quite aware of things around me that, that you know, inspire me. So that was one of them. And then, yeah, like it helps to have people that you trust and they kind of like have the same idea in terms of how crazy you want to go in an image like how out there you want to be and yeah it's good to have a team team around you that's like on the same page in that sense but yeah like I'm massively into makeup in my images not so much like myself but yeah I think it just makes an image I I think that's why I'm drawn to beauty because makeup can just so transform a person oh absolutely they walk into the room and there's someone else than what they are an hour after sitting in makeup and it kind of brings out different characters and people, and that's always fascinated me. I'm always yeah. Th- as a model, they feel completely different. Yeah, it's it, that makeup kind of puts them into a new character yeah, completely, definitely. which can translate well for you on film. Definitely, I'm just super fascinated how like someone can completely switch once you get like give them a new like almost like a new character like right. through ma- hair and makeup. So did you find that was the case for you when you were modeling? I think so. Like yeah. I've in the past, I've had like really crap like hair and makeup, and you just can't perform with confidence like but once you're like in a nice dress and like have your hair done it's just switch on <laughs> i gotta imagine that that having somebody kind of come into character because of the makeup that they're they're wearing also changes your approach it yeah. kind of puts you in the mindset of that character as well right? yeah yeah and i feel like having done it in the past i kind of like can identify with the girl sitting in front of me like it's it's almost like i move with her while she's posing because I'm kind of like in her head a little bit. Right. Um, yeah, I think that helps. I think it's an advantage having been on that side of the camera. Absolutely. You understand what the model's going through. Yeah. And you can speak <laughs> her language better than, yeah. than anybody who has not modeled. Yeah. Rob, it. do you remember when you were wearing makeup, uh, eyeliner, and you did the interview with Amanda Diaz? I do. That was one of the funniest moments of my life. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had some downtime when we were shooting Amanda Diaz's fashion tutorial, and the makeup artist allowed us to to all pick out what we wanted to be. And we all picked out these crazy masks. And <laughs> do you want to explain what, uh, how did you get you, to? You just go ahead and explain it. <laughs> we'll, I'll, we'll see what your take is on it. <clears throat> I don't know what he told the makeup artist, but it looked like he was some sort of like 1940s, like German SS officer. <laughs> like, and like a, uh, oh my God. 
So he couldn't get the makeup off fast enough. It was then, Bla- it was Blade Runner. Was I told it was oh, my, Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. inspiration, but somehow it took a a World War Two SS turn. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a very feminine turn. So then he can't get all of the mascara off. So Rob is is interviewing Amanda Diaz, and this interview is available on our YouTube channel. And he's got just the darkest <laughs> eyeliner eyes, and I I could not keep my shit together through that. I whole think it interview. made my blue eyes really pop. Yeah, it did. I thought I it looked did. good. I kind of need to see an image of that. Yeah, he looked magical. Okay. He looked it was magical. Yeah. So not to get up off topic, but that was hilarious. I hope that some of your funniest moments in life are a result of me. They have been like hundred percent, hundred percent. Hopefully, half of your top ten moments. Yeah, half. Like yeah, at least. Good. All right, that makes me feel better. So let's go back. So you were shooting for Amazon almost every day for three years, mm-hmm. you said? Yeah. That's Does that an enormous amount of work. Yeah, it what is. Was it, was it the same thing over and over and over? Did Pretty you much. Like, they, when I started there, they were shooting. They were just kind of introducing fashion into the UK market. So we were shooting on mannequin. And then after a couple of months, we introduced on-model photography. So there was a lot of changes happening at the time. And it was quite exciting, like, especially as a first client, like, Kind is it just like simple on white, or is there any like? Yeah, there's on cr- white. This is all, white. I assume, online catalog work. Yeah, that sort so. of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's not the most creative stuff, but did you want to just kill yourself after three well, years? After of doing three the years, exact I was ready thing? to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, and I had a massive long break from Amazon. I only just like started taking them on as a client again now. But what yeah. are you doing for them now? Still ecom. They have changed massively. They are in. A different location now, really big studio, like fourteen bays at the same time, and they have their own studio with fourteen bays. Yeah, how many of them are going at once? All of them. All of them, yeah. just around every the day. clock. Yeah, well, yeah, like nine to five, nine pretty to much, five. but every day. It's such a production line. It's it's seriously impressive in terms of organization and. So what's the gear that they use for fourteen bays um, set up to manufacture? these shots we have your pro photo canon <laughs> combination which most of my like ecom clients use so like there's 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 a couple of programs and equipment that like everyone trusts yeah so that's so that's what you, you are a canon shooter correct yeah 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 so yeah. what's your go-to canon um i've got the 5d mark ii at the moment and um you're still on the Mark II. Uh, sorry, four. Mark <laughs> sorry. four. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's I was going to say. I had, I had two for that long that I'm like, it's in yeah. my brain. Yeah, it's four. Nice. So, yeah. Did you go through the one to the two to the three to the no. four? I went two and four. You went two that to four. And was the Mark II your first camera? Um, No, it was. I, I bought a second-hand camera on, on eBay, like, right in the beginning. I don't actually remember what it was. like. Was it, like, the XTI? That was my first Canon camera. I don't even remember, like... And I'm 400 something. I've got no yeah. idea. I had it. Why do they? Or can you? Do you know why they have so many different models and numbers? Can they stop making Shall I a ask? million? <laughs> <laughs> I can. I can write an email. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah so yeah, Mark IV now. My go-to lens, 100 mil. Yeah. So, how did that relationship with Canon start? Because a lot of photographers want to get to that point where they're associated with a brand or a brand ambassador or just a sponsor. Yeah. Walk us through that. Well, I feel like with brands like Canon, it's a lot of, you can write as many emails as you want if you're not the the right person that they're looking for. It's not going to happen. And so I kind of didn't do anything. I was just like like in the right place at the right time, which was um, I attended a workshop like five, six years ago, like of Laura Jade. Mm -hmm. And and Canon was there just 
backing her and like had some equipment there and they saw my portfolio and just loved it and then next thing I was talking for fashion week for them and, and for that sort of event like it was just literally they just like what they saw and I didn't really do anything for it were you just walking around with your portfolio or how did that how yeah did we that were like we were encouraged to bring it because there was like agents there and you could kind of like get your pictures critiqued so I had like a an iPad or something with me with some images on it and and Canon liked it and the rest is history and so you don't do a print portfolio um I do I still have one uh, quite a big one as well but it's just impossible to keep up at the moment I'm like shooting so much it's just yeah it's nicer to bring a printed one I still believe in that that looks better and, and I prefer seeing printed portfolios for models as well but absolutely yeah. printed portfolios are way better when yeah. we used to print Rob's book it would take <laughs> three days, three full days. Different, yeah. That's mostly because I messed it up half the time, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I hate printing. <laughs> no, it, we got it. It was a formula, but it's just—it's also a lot when you're printing double-sided and you've got 60, 70 images, and they all have to be coded. Yeah, it's a lot of work. But man, the results I think are amazing. Yeah, looks way better. Right. So, how how do you go from Amazon to to really breaking into kind of doing the fashion work that you're doing? Because I would imagine you were kind of stuck in a rut at Amazon in that you're shooting um, e-commerce. It's all basically web catalog yeah. stuff. Yeah. Very simple. Um, the lighting's not pushed in any kind of dramatic way. Yep. And your lighting is really dramatic. Um, your makeup is really dramatic. What was that transition? Were you just playing around with friends on the side? Well, yeah. I kind of like needed something to keep me sane. Because as you said, it's just the same shit every day so right. I started talking to models that we got on set and I was like trying to see if they wanted to test and that's how I kind of got in with agencies I was just like playing around with some people that I met in the beginning and that was just my way to just not hate on photography right. <laughs> like just keep it fresh really so at the weekends I would get people around and would get makeup artists around and it's just it was just my my way to like keep saying pretty much and um and you know how it goes with agencies. In the beginning, you're playing around. After a while, they, they like what you do. They start sending you people. And it just, yeah, it just never stopped from there. And I still do that now. I've, I kind of treat e-com and beauty as two jobs that I kind of right, have to do. Something. Yeah. So um, if I do an eight-hour e-com job, I feel like I haven't really done anything towards my beauty career yet. So mm -hmm. like when I come home at like five o'clock or something is when I sit down and then work on that part of the business. So I kind of don't don't stop. <laughs> so you're pushing yourself all the time. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, no sleep. Yeah, because I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be satisfied if I came home like doing e-com all day and then going to bed having done just that because I feel like I haven't worked on my career that I actually want to pursue yet. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, go ahead. Oh. Go, go, ahead, go <laughs> ahead, Rob. I don't want to interrupt me again. I don't, I don't want to interrupt No, go ahead. I'm going. You better be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about influence because I think you're, you're in a really interesting place in that you grew up in Germany. You're living in England. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Europe is always known for its fashion sensibilities. Yep. They're some of the best fashion photographers in the world clearly come out of Europe. Yeah. Uh, and I'm curious about the influences that you had growing up in, in Germany, the influences that you have now in England. What fashion photographers are influencing you? What fashion icons are, are really kind of helping? Where do you go for inspiration? Well, there's a few different people. So there's like big names, as in Nick Knight is yeah. just like... I can't like yeah, <laughs> I just love, love him. Right. Yeah. Just the way he's like he just does what he wants in a way of he is not defined by what magazines want him to do. He just does what is in in his head and I just admire that cuz too many people do what 
they think society wants them to do. So I'm like all for that. So that's like the obvious big name. But there's there's a lot of especially females that inspire me, such as Laura Jade, as I said, and um, um, female beauty photographers. There's one in in LA, like um, you've probably heard of Jen Collins. Those yeah, those kind of people yeah. um, that just just do their thing and are humble about it and. I'm really, really inspired by those. Yeah. In terms of how inspired I was by Germany, um, I've, I was never a photographer there. I wasn't really tuned in to, to the industry while I still live there. Right. Um, I mean, I'm influenced by the way I grew up. That yeah, I think, I think that's really what I was asking. More yeah. Like <laughs> how are you influenced by the way you grew up? Not necessarily. Well, um, having lived in East Germany when that still existed. I think that had a big influence on me because we weren't allowed to travel. We were quite like, you know, it was just gray life. And my my parents always really pushed for me to be creative, to just make the best out of the situation, to just like make my life as colorful as possible under the circumstances of living in, in communist yeah. Germany. <laughs> so I think that like manifests itself in my work now because um, I think it's very colorful and it well, stands out quite a bit. What was life like as a child in Eastern Germany? Um, like, what was your perception of the world? As a child, I mean, I was I was seven when the wall came down, so I wasn't really that much tuned into the misery part mm -hmm. of it. Um, but I I remember like the way my parents were; they were just so like desperate to just have this end, and they went to demonstrations and tried to like bring an end to that misery. Yeah. And I think. That sort of mentality inspired me. You it kind of like rubs off on a child that your parents, people that you look up to, don't take no for an answer. I think that kind of like yeah, <laughs> that's a big influence, me. right? Yeah, yeah. So, how old were you when you moved to London? Um, that was fourteen years ago, so I was twenty-one. Yeah, quite a while. So you were in East Germany until then, and then you moved to, um, to so London. No, no. So I was seven when the war came down, and then obviously it was United Germany, and then I studied there and went to school there and whatnot. And immediately after after university, two days later, I was I was out of there <laughs> pretty much. You went to England. Yeah. yeah, I knew I always knew I would move I, to London. In, to England, like because I visited a couple of times as a teenager, and it just yeah. fascinated me. So I knew I wasn't going to stay in Germany. That was that was the plan. Yeah, England's amazing. I lived in London for a year. It was just the most amazing time ever incredible yeah. city walk me through the difference um just kind of in pricing and expectations for our audience on e-com jobs that mm -hmm. you're doing a lot of and you say that kind of pays the bills versus the editorial that you said you you love and that's kind of where your passion is what's the difference in pricing and and those those jobs overall well e-com i mean that's like a that's like a minimum day rate pretty much like we talking figures. <laughs> like no, I mean, just like the difference. You don't have to be too yeah, specific yeah. or your day rate if you don't yeah. want to. But um, uh, yeah, so like w you're talking like a few hundred, like in that sense. In if you talk beauty campaigns, obviously um, there's like licensing of the images involved as well. So that's you know you do one job that pays you as much as working for a month for ecom. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but they don't come uh, come along like no, <laughs> that much. So. I, I fill the rest of the time with e-com anyway. How did you learn how to price yourself? Um, trial and error, I would say. Um, when I got that Amazon job in the beginning, that was a case of I didn't know at all like what to what to charge them, and they asked me for my rates, and I I had to Google it, <laughs> like as bad as that sounds. But <laughs> <laughs> I just found a page, and they were sort of like, mm, maybe you should charge four hundred, and I was like, hey, 
how about 400 guys <laughs> like and they were like no are, y- are you high you've never done this right so um we, we met somewhere in the middle and that like, was 400 a day yeah yeah <laughs> every like, day <laughs> you're high yeah <laughs> so you didn't become a they didn't hire you as a full-time employee no. you were a contract but you were shooting every single yeah. day for yeah and uh, it kind of works like that still because clients usually warm up to me quite quick and and i'm just there all the time it's just yeah. I guess I got a good work ethic. So, <laughs> so <laughs> are you around. doing e-commerce with other companies as well? Yeah, yeah, Amazon? yeah. Amazon is just every now and then at the moment. Yeah. There's other clients like fashion brands such as like ASOS. I don't know if you guys. Oh like yeah. That. Um, Harvey Nichols, Marks and Spencer, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So how are these cl- clients finding you? How are you getting your name out there and winning work? Mm, I think I'm finding them. <laughs> um, how are you finding yeah, them? Yeah. How are you finding them? Well, it's a lot of once you once you get your foot in the door with one company like there's other freelancers that you meet and they talk and they're like hey yeah i work for burberry this week and i'm like oh how's that are they are they a good client like should i should i give them an email and you just talk and exchange emails sometimes i do i do sometimes stalk linkedin like (laughs) i'm sure that people like frown upon that page by now but yeah like just you know find like i I like linkedin yeah i I find myself more and more spending less time on facebook and more and more time on linkedin because i think the content that I'm seeing posted on LinkedIn is more relevant to what I want to do with business, right? Yeah. Building relationships. Yeah. Whereas the more content that I'm finding on Facebook is like kitten videos, which I fucking love kitten yeah. videos. <laughs> I can never get enough of pandas, you know, cats baby pandas. cats cucumbers, man. There's nothing better. <laughs> there really is nothing better than cats versus cucumbers. I want to do that to my cats and my wife. Oh, she's going to get a heart attack. Don't do Why? that. Just do it when she's not around. I'll come over one day when she's at work. It's a great idea. With a barrel full of cucumbers. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have a blast. (laughs) We've got three cats. We can torture them. Oh, I wouldn't do that. So back to pricing. Yeah. When are you going to raise your rates? Oh, do you have have a goal of like, all right, next year I'm going to raise my rates and that's going to be it? Um, I try every time I get a new client, just push it a bit further, pretty much. Like I'm not on 400 anymore. Don't don't worry about it. But yeah, like... I think you can gauge like if you've overpriced yourself a few times and not gotten that email back, you kind of know that you've gone too far, and um and then I reel it back a little bit. But some like every now and then, like now I get jobs that um I'm still stumped, like big campaigns, and so I kind of just ask like people in the industry now, like people like Jen, like I said, like she's doing the stuff that I want to do, so I shoot her an email and I'm like. Can you can you give me a ballpark figure here? Like and yeah, people like most people are quite happy to share. So you know, like it's a guessing game yeah. in the beginning. Yes. So do you win most of your work before you ever meet a client? Meaning, do you spend time on LinkedIn and emailing and kind of chatting digitally before getting the job? I would say before so. meeting the person. I would say so. I mean, there there was occasions where you just meet up for coffee and just yeah. see if you like gel and get along and if there's like possible collaboration sort of thing, but. Most of the things I'm just on the phone or by email now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, social media, You, it, it's almost like you have met. I've booked yeah. full on like beauty campaigns through Instagram now where people just like, hey, we like you. We like what you do. We like your stories. You look like a fun person. Like, let's do this. I feel social media kind of like takes away. It tells know. your story for you. Yeah, I'd say yeah. so, if you use it right. right. <laughs> so what's your Instagram strategy? Do you have one? Mm, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty active on that. And, <laughs> and how, how detailed is your strategy? Is it mapped out? Is it is it based on times? Yeah, you definitely. Uh, 
definitely on days times like i know exactly when to post what hashtags to put like how to engage with people what stories lay it on us what is it <laughs> give us a formula show me the money <laughs> <laughs> so what time of day are your posts uh, engaged with the best and are you are you posting one a day one every other day yeah one every other day and you know using statistics i know where my market is so Obviously, my main market is the UK, but it's followed really close by the US now. So um, I have to post at a time when the UK is finished with work and the yeah. US is already awake. So for me, that would be like six o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. So it has to be anywhere between six and eight or else you're losing the Brits again because they're off to bed. So, yeah, but um, they go to bed early. Over there. <laughs> What's with them? Watching like Brits. Eastenders and fall asleep. Yeah. But yeah, so time is that's quite an obvious one. Um, hashtagging, you know, I know, I know people think it's a waste of time, but I, how I do you know which hashtags to use? Um, I'll just come up with them. <laughs> they work pretty well. Yeah. Um, anything, you know, anything makeup related goes really well because the people, people use Instagram to curate ideas for makeup. So if you hashtag makeup, makeup inspo, it's always, it's always winner. Stuff inspo? like that. Yeah. Inspo? Inspiration. Yeah. Makeup inspo. Yeah, there's makeup inspiration as well. Like th those sort of things, you know, like if you just, if you tuned into why other people would use Instagram or say, for example, if I'm trying to attract um, new faces models, I would like hashtag new faces, London models, that sort of stuff. Like just, just have your, your target audience in mind a little bit. And yeah. what about with Asia and doing anything with the Asian market in fashion and um, like what's going on over there? No, I have no idea. I've not really tapped yeah. into that yet. I've always heard the fashion actually starts there and then it makes its way to the London and the Paris. Yeah. Is that true? Well, I can only speak for models that I talk to because a lot of people work over there quite a bit. Like so London models get like shipped over to like, over to like Singapore and stuff like that and just stay there for months shooting fashion, really well paid. I've not really done it, but the rumors seem to be true. I think you need to look into it. Yeah. Start using the Singapore hashtag. <laughs> Singapore Singapore. Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> I might. So you're also shooting products, right? I do, yeah. What, what, cause how'd you learn how to do that? Because it's, it's pretty clean. It's pretty solid. Amazon. Yeah. Is it Amazon? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I feel like once you've shot hundreds and thousands of watches and sunglasses, you know how to reflect... Yeah. product properly like yeah. there's like an upside to everything like if you have to be that detailed with econ that like there's no reflection no this and that like you can't translate it to any sort of product yeah. after i think and you probably have to come up with a good workflow so you're not spending a ton of oh time yeah. post yeah yeah so um stuff like say like sunglasses it's just you perfect one setup and then just bang them out like yeah short one short two short three like can do like a few hundred in like couple of hours yeah you're like the factory line of photography literally, literally yeah. it's like <laughs> where did you learn post-production um myself youtube and some magazines so, some magazines yeah there's what are those? you were reading how to do like <laughs> oh, post-production i swear to god literally there's a there's a german magazine called dogma and they literally just explain to you step by step how to like dodge and burn and stuff like that. So I would just sit and read and watch some tutorials and just try. It's a, it's a lot of trial and error, I think. And then after a while, you meet lovely people in the in industry like Pratique. And mm -hmm. those people are just so happy to share. And I like how you just like sang that. He makes me happy. Pratique is the happiest person. Yeah. I have this theory that he, at least for 20 minutes a day, 
has to lock himself in a room and just like cry oh. and just like get it all out that way. Because no, how can anyone be that nice and I lovable? Think he, I think he has a baseball bat and a bunch of dishes he smashes. Every yeah, day. he has yeah. a he's safe a, room. Yeah, he has <laughs> a safe room. Where he, goes, he goes in and cries and breaks things and yeah. kicks and comes out. And he's all he comes happy out and he's and fine. Loving. Yeah, <laughs> a bit of death metal like headbanging yeah, right. when yeah. no one's looking. Yeah. Oh, I just love him. Like yeah, so there's a lot of people that share. Like once you just hit a wall and you don't know how to do something. It's just a question of just asking, you know, and there's enough people that are happy to share that with you. And yeah, I think, again, social media is a beautiful place. So, so do you have any, uh, a Facebook strategy or have you abandoned it like everyone yeah. else? My Facebook strategy is not to bother anymore. Yeah, <laughs> really? it? Yeah. yeah, straight up. Literally, because I, I used to spend so much time there. Like I got a decent following on my fan page there and, yeah. and then they just put engagement down to like one percent and then down to like zero percent and it's just dead now yeah, so yeah. that's that's that have you tried to uh, pay for advertising i have actually tried that but it's pretty much just as bad because like you pay like whatever like i must have tried like seven pounds or something and it's still like just a couple of hundred people yeah and i'm like mind blown because you know i'm like people followed me for a reason and now you're not showing them my stuff yeah. thanks you know what i think is bullshit too they have the whole impressions and views oh, versus good. plays and like like we'll go live on a Facebook live and it'll say like uh, so many thousand impressions or views and it's not the same as plays. So they're giving us all these like metrics and inflating yeah. what's them the difference? to make it. What's, what's the difference between a play and an impression and a view? Nobody knows. Impressions are something you only see on the back end when you're looking at uh, your stats, but you see views and plays like on the Don't page itself. Don't you have itself. to play it to view it? Right. Like that's what I'm thinking. You yeah. have to hit play in order to view. I, I don't know. So what's the difference? Well, I think, judging from Instagram, there is obviously a reach and impressions as well. So reach would be like, say, like 20,000, whereas impressions is like 10,000. So that's unique viewers. Oh, yeah, there's reach, too. Yeah. yeah Matt, are you Googling this so we have a good answer? Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope I'm right. I hope uh, I didn't just make that up. <laughs> no, no one knows. We have a research staff now on these little podcasts live. It's amazing. So let's talk about pitfalls. What have okay. been some of the biggest mistakes you've made? Oh, my God. Let me think about that. Um, Did you have a job that went horribly wrong? Um, touch wood, no. Good. <laughs> Knock on wood. I'm yeah. touching wood. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I've had a couple of like letdowns where I would organize shoots and just had model pull out on the day. So you kind of change strategy. And if something important is, is coming up, you always book two models, <laughs> like right. that sort of stuff. But nothing, nothing like, oh, actually, <laughs> yeah. I just remember the one. Um, you're going to judge me forever. I turned up to a shoot without any camera batteries. Oh, oh, whoops. Which was just a couple of months ago. And I feel like that happens to everyone once. Please say it has happened to you no, before. No, it doesn't Thanks. happen to anybody. <laughs> no, <never. laughs> the only time that Rob Graham has ever made a mistake was the time he thought he made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, that, kind of, stuff, that <laughs> kind of stuff happens all the time. You wind Thanks. up without something. And you're like, oh, man. oh, God. I just left it like at home on the charger. I picked my camera up and I already felt that I was way too late and just got tunnel vision straight away and um, put a Facebook status up saying, hey, anyone in London have any batteries near near North? And so many people replied and went, yeah, we, we bring you we bring you batteries right now. Was It blew my mind. That's amazing. Yeah. That's where Facebook can actually save your job. Yeah. You, know? I mean, yeah. you couldn't never do that before you'd have to run back to your studio yep. and lose several hours yeah exactly so what are you struggling with the most now where 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 are you struggling um 
Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm just like massively into networking at the moment. I've never really, like in the past, I was just like riding solo, just doing my thing, doing my shoots with my teams. And right now I'm just trying to reach out more to, you know, like like-minded professionals. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think uh, just have the confidence to just be out there and just say hi to people and just like shoot them an email because you don't have anything to lose pretty much. Like I think... So how do you use events like WPPI to your advantage? Because a lot of people, you know, the the number one thing that everyone says here is th- they're dying, you know, like, you know, these conventions are getting smaller and smaller every year. And yeah. So how do you use a week like this to your advantage? What does that look like? Well, in the UK, I would use the trade show for talks for, you know, that's what I, I work quite hard <laughs> during those shows. Whereas this, I, I just booked it just to meet people. Like it turned out that I have few jobs now while I'm here but um, it was mainly just to shake some hands and and shoe faces and just like you know like meet the guys that I communicate with on on social media and by email and just you know yeah (laughs) so do you teach or do workshops yeah I do I do so um, yeah I'm trying to do that fingers crossed I would love to do that in different countries more so it's nice to like show faces here um, I do it in the UK a lot. Lots of talks for shows, um, workshops with brands, so you stuff te- like that. Do you teach workshops outside of that on your own? Um, I'm kind of doing it with brands still. So, um, like I've done workshops with Canon before and stuff like that. But um, the goal this year is just riding solo <laughs> on the workshops as well. So, like get get people like Pratik and and do something like retouching beauty workshop soon. So do you use someone like Pratik to do your retouching or do you do all your retouching? I do all my own, which is the pain of my life. Do you think <laughs> you're going to continue doing that or no. do you think you'll get to a point where soon you're going to yeah, give it up? F- I'm yeah. there. I'm there pretty Good. much. I, I put a put a call out the other day for, for retouches and like sent like sample images out to find someone to do it for me because I just, it's just. Do you not have the time or do you, have you lost the interest? I don't have the time. Because yeah. yeah. especially beauty, that's like an hour minimum per image, like. I just don't have the time for it. No, that's a good position to be in. You want to be too busy with yeah. other work yeah. um, that you can't actually do the retouching. So wh- where do you want to take this career of yours? You're kind of conquering Europe. You're moving into the U.S. Where do you want to go? Um, I want to do no e-com anymore and <laughs> all the beauty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just phase it out. Like, Just make beauty pay the bills like completely. And Who are your dream clients and your dream jobs? What are the kinds oh of things you really want to create? If you could if you could pick a campaign to create, what would it be? Oh my god. I would love to shoot in terms of fashion, I would shoot for brands like Alexander McQueen. That oh that's yeah. the dream. Like yeah. it's just it's just yeah, that would be it. In terms of makeup any big brand will do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like something like Tom Ford. Their campaigns are just so lovely, sleek, like really well done. That would be that would be my style. I would love to do something like that. Fingers crossed. It'll happen. <laughs> yeah. you got to put it out there. How yeah. do you see the beauty industry changing? You know, <clears throat> And I bring this up because you hear about certain companies saying no to retouching mm-hmm. and all of our images are going to be straight out of camera. Like, How, do, how does that make you um, feel? Not that good. F- yeah. What I was the last company that did that? It was remember. a big one. Yeah, it, w- it was really recent too. Do not remember. I don't know. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, it was CVS. CVS, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's always been this stigma around retouching, and I get that question every time I I talk. It's always like, oh, yeah, but you are part of the problem of people having a wrong image. Well, I don't think so, because I'm not... 
people need to understand that beauty and portrait are two different things. I'm not trying to show a human. I'm trying to sell a product. And therefore, things that are distracting from selling that right. product need to be cleaned up. <laughs> as, as brutal as that sounds. Yeah. If, I'm, if I'm selling a lipstick and there's facial hair, that needs to go. <laughs> Sorry, that's right. like I don't want to distract the eye of the viewer away from what, what I'm trying to sell. So I don't think retouching will ever well die that, out. Yeah, <laughs> for me, there are a couple of things. I mean, you can't really pull a file out of – you can't go straight out of camera. Everything well, not with that attitude. No, it needs a curve. <laughs> it needs adjustment. It needs – I mean, when you're talking about color toning and exposure, just every image is going to need something. Mm -hmm. Unless you do a preset on it. Yeah, and my images are perfect. Okay. <laughs> but then you add the element of retouching, and I think that's a tough one because we are giving people – false expectations right like uh, making a, a people aspire to be something that they physically can't because they've been made up and retouched yeah. but um there's entire organizations set up to like protect you know right impression you know young women that are growing up seeing these catalogs like oh this is the who okay I need i'll be to the be. devil's advocate because makeup itself changes who a person yeah. is yeah and you were even saying mm -hmm. it this morning you know somebody who comes in and an hour after they've been in makeup yeah. they are a completely different woman yeah. right they've completely transformed they're now a new character they look different it, it, it they almost don't relate to who they were an mm -hmm. hour ago yeah um makeup's like physical retouching in that sense yeah like yeah face paint yeah yeah different person physical retouching i like that yeah Ooh, that, that just got deep. <laughs> we just got so deep, and it's only episode one. <laughs> Where it's, will we go from it's here? It's still morning. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about your personal projects. Yeah. What's What's the last one you did, and what's the next one you have planned? Um, the last one I've done was a editorial for Lucy's magazine, and it was it was based around. Funny enough, it was based around a graffiti art that I saw in New York years and years ago. And so I put that into a beauty project. So I was. So this client allowed you to take your personal vision and, and yeah. turn it into the. Yeah, like the. Oh, so best case scenario. Best case paid scenario. For a personal project. <laughs> best case scenario, pretty much, is if they go, hey, we want something with color. And I'm like, all right, yeah. <laughs> let's do this. I can pretty much do anything I want here. Yeah, so. Um, we, yeah, we kind of like. I graffitied a glass panel and shot through it, and it just was a really cool effect. So was fun and that's in print at the moment so that was one of those projects and the next one there's so many honestly <laughs> i've got like i'm sure you've heard of pinterest i've got like a million boards on there i've never heard of it what is it <laughs> if you're not come no. on is it like a <laughs> is it like a store pinterest is a website <laughs> <laughs> where you can like collect your ideas in little folders and i've got about a million of them just really? of, like yeah honestly. are they public or gary does private? too yeah. for his sewing collection that he's doing uh, yeah, yeah i need to really kind of shall we i like to link up? you know i like to pin uh unique yarns from around the mm -hmm. world so and I, I collect them there <laughs> and just different fabrics and textures and just you know that's just a lot of colors yeah i'm, I'm real into colors of you know yarn that's alpaca a yarn that's a new one i just got Soft, extremely rare for that underwear you sew. Yeah, with pockets. With pockets. I, for those for of you who don't years. know, I actually took up knitting in uh, the off season, and uh, I knit underwear <laughs> with pockets that's made from alpaca yarn. Here's a question: When is the off season in the world of photography? There is no off season. You just said in the off season. I did not. 
<laughs> you have no proof of that happening. I have total proof of that. I've got, first of all, the people here in the room and the recording to back me up. Thank so, you. So, Gary, can I shoot that collection? Yeah. Once it's, okay, I think that would be, oh, my God, yes. I think that would be great. You're going to model it, right? Um, no, I'm going to art direct it. <laughs> She'll shoot it and Damn retouch it. it. Mm-hmm. I think maybe Pratik. Maybe we get Pratik and yep. Bella to be Come like on. the... The modern day will have a men's line, a women's line. Critique with his hat. He'll yeah. be wearing the underwear, the, <laughs> the beer holster underwear, and yeah. his famous hat. Well, it's not necessarily beer holster. It's <laughs> big enough for a little tiny Jack Daniels bottle. Not necessarily like a 12-ounce can. No, you said mini beers is what you were saying. Yeah, like the, like the ones from Puerto Rico. Right. The, the little ones that are right. like eight ounces. Because right. it's so hot down there that you can't go past eight ounces with it being warm. <laughs> Wow, we got we really went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> we're making it up on the fly, and I, I like it. I don't, I don't know. I like it. All right, tell people where they can find your work. Where do you want them to go to learn more about oh. you and who you are and what you do? Instagram, please. Okay. <laughs> That's still alive. So if you find me on Tina underscore Eisen E I S E N, then come and say hi. That would be amazing. Well, so what's your plan when Facebook turns off Instagram like they turned off Facebook? What oh are we gonna God. do? What are we gonna do then? We'll see. Something else will come along. Like yeah. I was, I was always worried about Facebook going down the drain, and it was just seamless going into Instagram. And I'm sure something else will. MySpace happen. is going to make a comeback. I'm positive. Yep. I'm putting all my money. I've on only it. just deleted my yeah. old account. I shouldn't <laughs> really? have done that. <laughs> Should have done it. Yeah. MySpace is coming back. <laughs> we found Clay Cook's uh, MySpace page during the Clay Cook uh, podcast, and yeah. he didn't know that it was still up. Oh and he God. used to be in a band, and it was yeah. so hilariously embarrassing. And I think it's still up. Awesome. <laughs> I am so glad I, I got rid of mine. He right was a now. rocker, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh I have one last question. What advice do you have for photographers getting into the industry today? What 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 can you do to help impart knowledge on, on you know keeping them in the industry and, and being successful? Well, first of all I say do what I didn't do, which is assisting. Um I kind of it's not like I regret it, but if I would have known how beneficial it is, I would have done that way way sooner. So I always, I always say to people now, just write an email to to photographers. Most people need a hand on the shoot. Just experience what it's like. It's so so valuable. Um, but generally, just uh, people people always like, oh, what do I do? How do I contact people? Am I ready yet? And I'm like, don't wait to be ready. Just just send those emails. You you are the right person for someone right now. So don't don't put it off. Don't don't wait like. I've made the mistake that um, it's always like, oh, one more test, one more test, and then then I can like contact this person. Just just do it. Just pester people. You know, you will get nine hundred and ninety nine rejections. So you might as well start now and like get those rejections out of the way and just just keep bugging. Just yeah. don't be scared of of a no. Like you can't please everyone. So just rejections part of the game. What's yeah, your literally. famous saying, Rob Grimm? I don't know. Do I have <laughs> secure with insecurity? Be secure with insecurity. Absolutely. Exactly. It is. I think it's the most critical thing about the business because you don't know when that job next job is yeah. coming. There's there's so much insecurity in the business. Yeah. If you can't handle that, you're not going to make yeah, it. Exactly. Period. It's not a reflection on you anyway. Like if you if you write to an agency and you're asking for models and they go, "Oh no, sorry. Like not yeah. today." It's no one says, "Yeah, that's because your work is shit." They're basically you weren't the right person that day. That's fine. Ask again like in a month and they might give you people, right? So like it's not it's not a reflection on you really. Like just well, it's hard. To, it's hard to predict. I mean, photography definitely has seasons, and clients um, mm-hmm. have people that they and latch onto, and, it, it, and they do have off seasons. <laughs> yeah. a va- valid point, Gary. Yeah. Um, 
and they have people that they latch onto. It takes a little while for mm-hmm. them to warm up to y- even the idea of using something yeah. new. Um, and yeah, you have to be really persistent. Yeah. And listen to lots of no's and don't take them too personally because yeah. somebody's going to say yes. Yeah, exactly. Amen. And on that, and on <laughs> amen. amen. <laughs> we got an amen. Yeah, that was the first amen ever. I, I feel awesome about that. Yeah. I wish it was being sung, though. <laughs> Can you sing amen? No, please, no. Oh, why not? Oh, come on. You were singing earlier a little bit. That's because Pratik makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing think else makes Pratik. me happy. You think about singing amen with Pratik. And he's wearing my underwear. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> Uh, Tina, thank you so much for stopping by. Um, make sure to check out Tina's website. Uh, follow her work on Instagram. Don't bother on Facebook because she's not posting nah. there anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, hit her up. Make sure to follow her. And um, to download this podcast and all the podcasts of season six, you can catch us at rggedupodcast.com. And also stream it on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, where we publish a new episode every Wednesday. You got it. And then what about, have you, are you on the MySpace? Have you started the page? No, I got to do that. Because I keep, this is what, the fourth season now that I've been saying, check out our MySpace. Yeah. And I haven't made it. You're setting up, like, you're damaging the brand, Rob. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Gary, I'm fucking up our brand. Uh, Damn it. Well, oh, well, that's all right. You know me. I can't I can't handle technology. If you think I'm really going to be able to figure <laughs> out a MySpace page, come on. No, I don't. Nah. But I hey, E-Rock, figure out how to make a MySpace page for RGG EDU, okay? <laughs> it needs to be up by next Wednesday. Awesome. Tina, thank you again. It was you a pleasure. Yeah, it's welcome. been wonderful talking with you. And we'll really probably see it. you in New York. Definitely. Oh, in Germany. Photokina, are you doing that? I have never done that. But how oh, about photography show next month in Birmingham? Oh, yeah? Yeah? You there? No. No. Well, you are now. Okay. Birmingham? <laughs> All right. Alabama? No. Birmingham, <laughs> UK. <laughs> Birmingham. Birmingham. Right. Birmingham. Right. Yeah. No, we could maybe do that. Yeah. Swing by and get... Isn't that where Jake Hicks lives near there? Yeah. Um, yeah. Somewhere He's there. in Cornwall. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you know, are you, do you know Jake? Yeah. Friends? No, not met him, but... Uh, Facebook friends. Yeah. He's amazing. You need to meet him. Yeah. He's a good dude. He seems awesome. Yeah. 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 Come along. And on that note, I like leave it on a Jake Hicks note. <laughs> yeah. Jake. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. So, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This podcast is officially over. See you next time. For those of you who might not know what we're doing on Black Friday, should we tell them? No, Let's tease them. Let's give them a little idea. Let's give them a, a glimmer of hope. Okay, so at RGG EDU, we focus on revealing the secrets from working pro photographers and retouching in the industry to give you a leg up on the competition. And why is that? Is it because we believe that the best education comes from those who are working pros? Absolutely, Rob. And we believe that you shouldn't have to go to two to four year school to learn this education. No, because that's crazy expensive. It's fun, but it's crazy expensive. So we're making photography education accessible to the entire world at rgedu.com. And this Black Friday, we're doing something. We're making an offer so great that we can't even mention it. No, we can't. This This microphone would explode if I even thought about it. That's heavy. Go to rggedu.com right now, and you can sign up anywhere, and we will alert you about the Black Friday deals this November 23rd, 2018. Should we sing our jingle? Yeah. Do you finally have a jingle? rggedu.com.